Hello and welcome to World Shop, the podcast where we talk about our recommendations for each other based off the role of a 20-sided die, which is not at all what the show is. I'm Jordan. I'm Cody. I don't know how to intro these bonus episodes anymore. Because <laughs> I can't say with the role of a 20-sided die because we're not building worlds with role of the 20-sided die. And you're drinking water, so you can't even respond. Sorry, sorry. Yeah, you just really just. I thought you were gonna like say a whole thing there. And I'm oh, like, you I'm you thought I was gonna keep water. complaining? And you're like, oh great, I have time to drink because Jordan. Yeah, I thought I had un- a minute. There an unhinged person. Turns now out t- I didn't. <laughs> you did not. So today's episode is the second part of our recommendation show, where we're going to be doing no. I I personally want to do this like every month. I don't know how you're feeling about it, but me oh, personally, I'm fine with every that, month yeah. and like. Part of it is like I might come back to other recommendations and rehash them just, you know, to like force you. But um, every month we're going to be just recommending three things to each other. And then we pick one and then we're going to kind of recap and review how we liked it. So last month I recommended Fully Holy Alternative Yeah, alternative to Cody, and Cody recommended Hellboy to me. We already released our episode about Fully Cooley, so you can go back and listen to that. But I have not, like, done an official, like, recapping and review of Hellboy because, like, it is actually something that I'm going to continue reading and I want to finish. And that's going to be, like, the that's the whole review. We're done. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) No, but, no, but, like, so getting into it, um... So I bought the first two omnibuses, um, Seed of Destruction and Strange Places. And so right now, like today, I actually finished reading the story arc, The Conqueror Worm, which I thought was really good. Weird, but good. And that actually starts, I guess, what Cody called like the kind of second half of Hellboy, where Hellboy is no longer part of the BPRD. Right. I, I'm interested to see where it goes because I did like the interactions with the BPRD characters and all of that. So I guess starting off, Seed of Destruction I thought was really good, but like I guess it, it was like that kickoff thing where it's just like all of this stuff happened at once and it kind of leaves you a little bit spinning because so much happened at the first part. But like I like all the characterizations. I like the way that hellboy interacted with the world around him and like the monologues not monologues but the inner monologues and the like stuff that would happen throughout and then i also like the bprd characters the other thing then i think wake the devil was like the second big story arc yeah where, like like it feels a little bit more honest i don't know i guess my complaint i will say is like in these arcs it might be because i'm reading it like kind of binge reading it technically all at once but it just seems like so much happens in each of these arcs and it's just like it feels like at times it's just like your head spinning by the end of it where it's just like wait what like because like in seat of destruction they go to this mansion and like first off there's these frog people second off rasputin's there and is trying to convince um hellboy to well sorry trying to control hellboy into taking over the world and like all this stuff happens very quickly and it just feels like so much and then wake the devil you deal with like the witch hectate and or hecate or whatever and you deal with rasputin coming back and the um russian woman going into the um iron maiden and you also deal with on the side 
two of Rasputin's um colleagues like uh von klimt or whatever and yeah. another guy or like well another guy resurrects von klimt and like there's like a falling out with them because von klimt is like oh no it's like i will not follow rasputin i want to do my own thing and so like all of that happens in one story arc and it just feels like all this stuff is happening at once and it's just like feels like a lot in a little time like a little time cover and a lot happens you know it it's funny so the first comic book i really got into and i would probably still say like my favorite comic book is hellboy um and i've read other comics since and i'm like freaking nothing ever happens in these page turning nightmares you know what i mean because <laughs> you're just flipping pages and it, it's just filler you know um but they have runs that are crazy long you know they're, they're forever going um, I think yeah, I read all 700 chapters of Naruto. I know what a crazy long run is. Um, I think for me, what I appreciate about Hellboy is that it's not um, that just like the story structure is is very different. And it, it's not as I don't think it's as concerned with having a really like trying to think of the right way to put this i don't think it's concerned with making a canon and a multiverse that is consistent with itself like it's does does that make sense like there aren't rules to the universe there aren't like hierarchies of characters there's not a lot of structure or organization um it's just like and especially later on it's just like hellboy's walking through a forest and encounters a thing you know and that's that's the story because there just really isn't like these really strong strict narratives it's a lot more kind of folktale based you know what i mean yeah it, well i guess the first like, like how it's been going up to the conquer worm is it's been like a mission like hey we heard a rumor of this paranormal thing happening here go check that out and yeah all this stuff unfolds while happening and like i mean it's never just the one thing happening. There's like eight things happening at once, like frog people and Rasputin. No, this person signed away their soul to the devil type thing. And, yeah. and like, oh, this place is haunted and the spirit of the um, progenitor of the house is actually still there and like wants revenge. Or like there's all this stuff that happens at once. <laughs> and then like wake the devil, like eight things. Like, oh, we just want to discover these four places because this one artifact got stolen and we need to see what's going on. And then it's like eight different things are happening there. And then Conqueror Worm is like, oh, we want to explore this mansion. Aliens. This <laughs> <laughs> is like they just bring in like aliens. So like now I was like, oh yeah, in the first seed of the structure where like where I thought like those people in the spaceship that was like a vision of hell. It's like no, those were the aliens looking down at Earth and stuff. Yeah, so yeah, I didn't know aliens were a thing in the Hellboy universe, but they are. So um, surprise. Hang on a second. I wanna. So what's difficult is I think I like the omnibus didn't exist when I was reading them. Yeah. Um, Cause they so just I'm, came out last year. Right. So I'm trying to figure out like what I read versus, uh, you know what I mean? Cause I want yeah, to, because yeah, the omnibus collects it in a, um, where it may like in a story arc sense of where it makes sense. And you d didn't necessarily have like the guide of what to read to what to read, which is a thing yeah. that I think 
comics like if it's not like a comic with a solid storyline marvel does this a lot whereas like because they have so many different characters they team them up so like you like i've been wanting to read about a certain character but it's like okay well here's where you could start or you could go down this route or you could look at this one or you can look at this one and it's just like what why can't i just pick up a comic with their name on it and read that comic with their name on it and that be the right read, I, why can't i read magic volume one and that be the start of magic stories like no no actually this is when magic was this age and this happened it's like what okay did you read um did you read the chain coffin the right hand of the the right hand of doom and others yes i read the um that was i think in seed of destruction yeah N- well no that one oh, no, was right, like right, a sorry second. right Right Hand of Doom is in um That should is, be like its own places. collection. Yeah, 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 yeah. So those to me are like my favorite. Well, specifically like the Chained Coffin is one of my favorites. I think the Right Hand of Doom as well. I don't like, think I read Chained Coffin, but I have read Right Hand of Doom and Box. Uh, the Chained Coffin is the one about his mother. Oh, okay. So yeah, I did read that one. Okay. Um which, yeah, I mean, it's, like, all in different compendiums and collections now, so it's difficult to, like, describe why. But, like, in that one, it's, like, he's just on a trip and is in a graveyard. You know what I mean? Um, well, yeah, yeah, he goes back to the graveyard and then has this, um, in, like, vision of this stuff that's happening. Yeah, and, and that's, like, I like that it's not, there isn't, like, this strong tied down universe like rasputin just kind of shows up sometimes throughout i'm starting the story. to get sick of the dude like not as like it's bad but it's like man screw you rasputin yeah like but he's never he's never at the forefront again he's just like around he, yeah because you know? he's a ghost now and just doing it's just doing stuff he's just yeah he just every time he shows up it's like again it's like get out of here rasputin you you're dead and again it's not like i'm mad at the story it's like i'm actually mad at actual rasputin <laughs> yeah right it's just like oh you're back again you're dead no but one likes you there just like isn't a large there isn't like a strict antagonist to the story like a no. large consistent antagonist you know so it is just kind of wandery like it it isn't a strict narrative so then when you get into these like more tentpole stories like seeds of destruction wake of the devil or conqueror worm um you know there's like those have more going on and there's all these little pieces and characters all kind of feeding into it but then beyond that it's just like that doesn't contribute necessarily to a larger overall story um and i don't mind that i kind of like that there isn't this like big discussion of canon and timeline and well you know, like that to me has just never been interesting. So I just kind of enjoy the stories in their little contained bubbles that they exist in. I I will say of Hellboy, the stories I've really enjoyed so far were like the the werewolf one, where it's whatever. It's not where it's not called Werewolves of London, but that's literally the only thing that's in my yeah, mind right now. Is I know what you're talking about. But the werewolf one was real. I thought that was really good. The um, right hand of doom and um, box full of evil were very good ones. Oh, actually. Just like, and then 
the whole the Colossus one where like you meet the homunculus for the first time, I thought was another really yeah. good one where like you've like it doesn't even truly focus on Hellboy. It focuses more on the homunculus, and then Hellboy just happens to come upon this because oh he heard about this mist. No, he heard about this mystery. He wants to um take the homunculus who stole Liz Sherman's power back so he can resurrect well save her. And like I like the more shorter this is just a singular hellboy adventure rather yeah. than this big epic story because i i don't know it feels to me like the big epic stories were are a little bit more of a jumble and like it's not a bad thing it's like i liked all the big stories of red but they felt more of like they're like i said a lot's going on in a little time yeah i think that's very true um and i mean some of it i think kind of comes back to how these comic books were made and who they're made by because they are of more kind of weird art house comic book. Mm. Um, and like it's, I think it is much more the vision of one person just trying to get a story out, you know, and selling them kind of piecemeal as they come up. You know what I mean? Cause like, yeah. I think probably at this point, I don't know if Mike Mignola was like full time doing Hellboy at this point, okay. or if he was still randomly, occasionally doing like Batman and you know like yeah. inking and all this other stuff. Also you know? weird is like that all the artists like they have to do like either Marvel or DC in between doing their own stuff. Yeah, or, like some of them like will have like one work and then everything else is Marvel or DC. It's like. But I like your work. I don't really care about DC that much. Do you know what my favorite thing that uh, Mike Mignola did concept work for was? What? When when you hear it, it'll all click into place. He did the concept artwork for uh, Disney's Atlantis. That it makes fits. so much. Yeah. First of all, Atlantis is so good. But like when you say that the, the monsters and stuff in Atlantis and all the tech, it makes sense. It, it really fits pretty it, well. It's funny. That is really awesome. That, like, first of all, Atlantis, like, if you haven't watched it in a while, go back. Because I personally think it holds up and it's really, really good. It's just, again, it's a solid, just fun adventure story. Yeah. You don't no, get Atlantis much is of good. that. That, and even the second Atlantis movie where it was just, like, a more episodic, like, oh, they went adventure to adventure until it finally, like, made up, like, the full story. I like, I just like the 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 hellboy does a story are like the the things i really like where it's just like hellboy finds stumbles upon this werewolf thing hellboy finds this box full of evil hellboy does the, like it's i like those the conqueror worm it was good the conqueror worm was good but it's like i like this smaller more contained stories a lot more. i'm kind of looking through the like episode list right now or it was did i close it oh i might have closed it the freaking conqueror worm oh my lord oh yeah by the way this alien thing okay i also i i will say i loved the concept for the conqueror worm where it's like oh these evil uh well not evil but it's like world ending aliens are in space just looking for a vessel to take back down to earth to destroy it and I like to say, okay, so that was the Nazis' big plan was to send up a dead body in order to kind of latch on to one of these ancient evils in space. And there was like that whole thing. Like, and then that, the jumble part, I think, about the Conqueror Worm was like the fact that the um, Lobster Johnson was in there, which I like that character a lot. But Lobster Johnson, it did like the alien that um, Hellboy, the exposition alien that Hellboy talks to. And then like the. Um, 
the Russian lady who betrays him, who gets turned into like a weird like lizard person thing, and like von Klimt is there, and then the conqueror worm itself is like this huge thing that is like there but not there at the same time because like, you don't really see it that much but then you get the MacGuffin device to destroy the conqueror worm but then that doesn't work and it just felt like a jumble but like the yeah. concept of the conqueror worm was really like i wasn't expecting aliens but was really cool i think after the conqueror worm i think there's really only one other long story driven hellboy okay i think there is one more and that is uh it helped uh, or is that something No, else? that one's entirely random. <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, it's The Wild Hunt is what it was called yes, for me. Yeah, that's the, um, yeah, that is the next Omnibus's Wild Hunt. And then Hellboy and Hell wraps up the whole series. Yeah, Hellboy and Hell is just like fully <laughs> just episodic Hellboy wandering through crooked streets doing nothing. And I, I love it so much. <laughs> See, that's the thing, like, I, I want to, like, you gave me a good recommendation of something that I am very interested in, and when I have the time to, like, sit down and read a graphic novel and not fall asleep on my bed for an hour, um, which is what happened today, like, I read Conquer Worm and then I took a nap, but, um, <laughs> because I stayed up till 3 a.m. last night, <laughs> but, um, like, like, Hellboy is something, like, it's a good recommendation, I loved it so far i've enjoyed what i've read i want to finish it and that's like what you said like, oh you don't have to read it all it's like i think i will end up wanting to read it all i think it's worth it to get to the end and i'm cu i'm curious to talk to someone else about the end of the comic because it got a lot of flack at the end um yeah, because it it has like a weird unexplained nothing ending and i loved it it depends on it how perfect. it's done, because sometimes I really do like weird, unexplained nothing endings, and other times I'm like, I hate you. There's like a specific other, and I think it's probably in the omnibus. If when you get to Hellboy and Hell, if you had if you have not read The Wizard and the Serpent, tell me and I'll send you The Wizard and the Serpent. It's online, you know, you can read okay. it for free. Um, but you need to have read that in order for the end to make sense. Oh. And I think even then it's pretty like unexplained and random, but like the last few pages of it are so good. I think, <laughs> but I haven't so, talked to anyone about it. <laughs> you know what so I mean? Yeah, as, as we move on to the next like recommendation series, like I will still probably be reading Hellboy and like, we're going to do like, like we did with Horizon. We're going to do like the final wrap up yeah. of Hellboy. But yeah, I, I think recommend as recommendation goes, this was a good one. I've really enjoyed what I've read so far. I just need to make more time to read these graphic novels. It's, it's like one of those things where I was like, right now it's like, I'm in between. It's like, do I spend my free time playing video games or do I spend my free time reading reading books or do I spend my free time reading graphic novels? Like, like I have these three like pillars of this is my free time. How should I spend it? And I don't know what to do right now. Like, like, cause now what's become not um, free time has been playing guitar has been like, that's something I actually want to do every day. But like free time is like, should I read? Cause I, I have so many, I have Hellboy. I have to finish the old the second old guard. I have to finish something's killing the children. I have to finish um, monstrous. I have to finish. Why well, I, I, I bought it. So I should probably read the preacher's um, uh, 
traits that I got, which, I mean, you say don't read Preacher, and it's just like, I also agree, but I've heard so much about Preacher, I want to give it a little bit of a chance. And it's just, there's just so much I have to read. And then I bought um, some X-Men comics because I wanted to like read about certain characters, and I found one that actually deals with like a lot of those certain characters. And it's just, yeah, there's just so much reading that needs to go on. But then it's like, also... There's a lot of TV shows and a lot of stuff. <laughs> and that's why, like, the recommendation is, like, helping me, like, kind of at least have, like, an incentive to do one of these things. Yeah. So, anywho, Cody, are you ready to recommend some stuff to each other? I, I am. Now, I do can't you remember. Roll do for we, go, do we go all down our list or do we go back and forth? We go back and forth. Do you want to roll for Oh, yeah. We actually have to first? roll initiative. I mean, we uh, don't have to. It's like, I would want to. I have... What dice am I? I'm going to roll my um, Howlite dice because I'm a nerd who bought really fancy dice. Okay, you're probably going first. Uh, I'm just going to do an online yep, dice I mean, roller. I can tell you you're going first. Cause I Unless rolled, you rolled a one. You don't know that. I rolled an eight. Yeah, I rolled a two. Well, you know, okay, you're it, right. The, yeah, like there's only a one out of twenty chance that you would have been going. Be uh, you, I would have been going first. So like, if you roll a one, it's like that's the only way I would have gone second, or for whatever it doesn't matter. Anyways, Cody, what's your first recommendation for this recommendation show? Uh, okay, my first recommendation is a webtoon called Crumbs. Um, so it's, it's free webtoon on an app called webtoons. Yeah, I have webtoons. Okay. Um, so the reason I am suggesting crumbs first and foremost, it is a series that has a beginning, middle and end. Yay. (laughs) It is is done. Because so far all of the webtoons I am reading are all ongoing. Yeah, (laughs) no, this one, this one ends and, um, hang on. Let me make sure I did get the name right. Yeah. Crumbs. Um, is it just spelled like a uh, like breadcrumbs? Crumbs? Yeah, like breadcrumbs, and okay. it's it's a cute world that doesn't feel the need to explain itself too much. So it kind of falls into that thing where it's about kind of like witches and magic, and it's a coming of age story, and it just never really nails down exactly what magic can and can't do, other than be cute. <laughs> like to me, the tone and the um. Subject matter is very like Kiki's delivery service. Um, Maybe a little bit more adult than that, but not much. You know, it's about younger people, but it is a coming of age story, which you love. And as I'm saying, you know, I love coming of age stories. (laughs) It's, it's one where I, I appreciate given that there is a story and a plot. I like that. It is not, one, I think it's not the typical story to tell. It's a it's a slightly different... You know how there's, like... It's it's a romance, kind of, so, like, you kind of almost can guess every beat. It's a little yeah. bit different than what I had initially expected it was going to be, which is nice. But also, the characters have depth and dimension and flaws that they actually have to talk about and change. <laughs> So, like, frequently in a lot of romance, right, your main, like, protagonists are garbage people, and then through being garbage people, they win. You know what I mean? And they never, like, change that thing about them that kind of makes them sinister. 
I okay. like that you have very likable characters in this that all have flaws that need to be addressed and that can't be like big romantic gestures don't fix their problems. They yeah, have to actually handle like their for. problems, which I appreciate. And I, I thought it was just like, it's very well contained. It's not a huge story. It's not really sprawling. It's just a simple story told in a cute world with likable characters. And it does all of that really well. And the art style is really cute. All the characters look really endearing, you know? Okay. Yeah, I mean, I, I was looking, like, the reason why I was, like, kind of silent, I was looking up the, um, like, the art and stuff for it. So, it, it, I mean, it looks good. And, like, I mean, you gave me a, like, easy one because it's very, it is webtoons to me are very accessible because it's on my phone and i can yeah. take it anywhere i literally sometimes like before i go to bed lie in bed and like we'll read through like some of the ones that i'm following so far so like you you gave you gave me a super easy one i did and the other thing is it's like optimistic and nice you know and so also you, like, screw it's a completed you, Jordan. work it is a completed Be work and it's cute you're gonna have to like it it's nice there's nothing miserable about I, it i i do love how it's like you know me, and like one of my favorite things to read and watch is melancholy. And then you're just like, oh no, I'm gonna put some hopeful love in Jordan's life. Right? It's like, no, nah, man, melancholy. Like, 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 I like when people are sad at the end, <laughs> or like, I like a sad but hopeful ending is like, like the all time best. Where it's like, yeah, things didn't work out, but like, I'm taking this. Like, like BoJack Horseman had a melancholic ending to me. I would say this almost like I don't want to spoil things, so I'm not going to tell no, you don't. too much. But just don't. <laughs> I I am suggesting it to you for reasons. I think you will really enjoy it. Oh, okay. um, honestly, like you said, you have a web comic in two movies. This might be one where I do multiple of them because that's like a really quick one. I yeah. don't know how you're going to feel about mine. So we're going to go into my recommendations. Um, I will say I pulled an audible. So originally I was going to recommend Porco Rosso, but I felt that was unfair to me because you said you were going to do it anyways. So it's just like you could take the easy way and just watch Porco Rosso and then you didn't have to listen to any of my I other have suggestions. been not watching Porco Rosso for a month for you. Yeah, but like if I see my thing is if I, I have other things I'm passionate about recommending and if I recommend it, they would just go on the background because like, oh, I, I'm going to watch this Anyways, so go ahead and watch Porco Rosso whenever you're going to love it. That's not my recommendation. I just pulled an audible and I picked three that like I I, I picked three that I think you like one that you're probably not going to do for a while. And we've already talked about this one like multiple times. Actually, you know, I think I'll do that one first. It was going to be my last one, but uh, it's just like the one I've already recommended like seven times. And like so it's Sekiro the um from software game so i i know this is going to be a hard sell for you because it is a video game that at least to my knowledge is still 60 dollars on steam or 49 whatever it's 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 money it's a lot of money and the only way to play it is to have a lot of money because i had it on ps4 and not steam so i can't even family share it to you <laughs> but i think you will eventually get to it and i think you will eventually love it also, as always with video game recommendations, I am a little bit nervous about Sekiro because at least before we did our last bonus episode, Horizon, go watch that. Oh, listen to that. You were not liking Horizon to the best. And then 
there was the Dark Souls 3 incident where <laughs> you didn't really click with Dark Souls 3 like I thought you would. So I am kind of scared because of our kind of contentious video game relationship back and forth. I really don't want to have a Dark Souls 3 repeat, but I think Sekiro is different. So anyways, for like the listeners, if you don't know what Sekiro is, here's a quick one. It's an action-adventure game by From Software, which is the creators of Dark Souls that and this was released back in back last year, March 2019. Um, it is set in a reimagined Japan during the late 16th century Sengoku period, where the warlord Ishin Ashina has gained control of the land Ashina. And our story follows a nameless assassin slash Shinobi who is called Wolf, who is the sole protector of the divine heir of Ashina named Kuro. Ashina is now in collapse, and you must. Um, protect Kuro from those who would want to use his divine powers for their own selfish gains. And so that that's kind of like the theme of it. I will say, first off, as always, from software game, it's made to be challenging. But unlike like Bloodborne, which felt more of like a reskin of Dark Souls, it actually felt like it, it was its own game like it does still do like the dark souls things like you die you lose all your whatever and you yeah. like, have to go back and like all of that but you it has some more bells and whistles like you can run and jump at will there's like unlike there's there's not the um we're focusing on like a specific specific character build and putting points into a specific like dexterity strength you have a singular character that you're buying skills for you're upgrading like these quote-unquote ninja uh, shinobi tools for you're like doing that like so you don't have a specific build but you have like the singular pre-made character of wolf aka sekiro um i think so it takes more of like the traditional leveling ish, but like, you know, like with dark souls, you get like so many points. And then if you die, you go like, so you have like a level quote unquote. So you get someone, well, sorry, a skill point. Actually, you, when you get a skill point, you keep that skill point, but on the way to the next one, if you die, you lose all the experience that you were gaining up to that next skill point. Yeah. So, so, so that's, that's kind of how they do it, but it does like you put the skill points in different areas to upgrade attacks, upgrade, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. And I mean, this is one that like is tempting for me. It's just, I did just now check. It is still very $60 on steam. Yeah. And that's, that's why, I, that's why I wanted to lead into this. Cause it's the one, like I wanted to just for the show and for you kind of do my like last final plea like you'll get to it when you get to it maybe it could be a christmas gift who knows well it might be on a winter sale or something for steam um also if you give me your steams like i might just christmas gift it to you who knows (laughs) who knows but here's like here's the my last kind of push for it i i i think first i was like i think it's a lot smoother and a lot quicker i liked the like it's more of a parry based system rather than like damage base um i also like that it followed the japanese mythology rather than dark fantasy or lovecraftian horror as you know i'm not really the big fan of lovecraft so like when i got the settings like i love japanese mythology i i love the culture and all that and so it really clicked for me i think the game is absolutely beautiful and like you get to explore like these mythological Japanese themes as you go. And 
because of that the settings and like the different like areas are a lot different than things you would see in dark souls or bloodborne yeah it feels a lot more unique especially than like dark souls that is like dark souls one two and three all feel like each other you know which isn't necessarily a bad thing but like i'm excited to play secure sekiro eventually like however it's pronounced (laughs) i'm I'm pumped to play that game someday when I want to play another game that kicks me in the face, you know? Um, yeah, it's like, I think you'll like the challenge. A lot of people said it's like the hardest one of the series. I think Sekiro to me was a little bit easier than the other stuff. Yeah, I'm curious about, I don't know, like the arguments. It might just be my play just, style because, like, me, you have very different play styles. I've watched you play video games. You approach things a lot differently than I do. AKA <laughs> Bioshock, where you just had the hand cannon and the shotgun, and we're just moving through people when I use the rifle and the pistol the entire time. Hand cannon and shotgun. That's all you hand need. Hand cannon and shotgun. <laughs> and, this, and so that's pretty much my last plea. Like, in closing, like, I, you might not do it for this, like, recommendation um, kind of uh th- this round of recommendations but i think you'll probably get to it and we'll talk about it but this is my my final yeah. plea for Sekiro. no i mean that's definitely one that's on my list i don't know if i'll get to it for this time and it'll be a while before i've beaten it for sure because i play through yeah. video games so slow um yes, i know but it was yeah like a, it was like a three months horizon it actually was probably longer that than that when did horizon come out i don't know <laughs> Well, but I didn't buy. I bought it when it came out on PC. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. When, when did the port come out? Because that's been it's been like a few. I months. didn't buy it right when it came out either. It was a little. Yes, bit. you did the PC port. You bought it the, that night. Did I? Oh, I yes. did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, because yeah, you right. were you were mad because it had to download. That's right. You're right. I totally forgot that. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I am looking for another big game. Oh, it was, to it was only August, so that's not like a, that's not that bad. It's not great. (laughs) Sorry, three months. Wow, I can't count. All right, but yeah, Cody, hit me with your next shot. Okay, my next next one. Speed Racer. Oh, snap. Okay. I did not see that coming. Now, okay, let me sell you Speed Racer. Hang on This is going to be a very hard sell for you because I grew up with watching Speed Racer and then the movie got Wachowski'd. Now, that's a good thing. Cause you you know, you know what, Jordan? What's what's one of our shared favorite movies? Cloud Atlas. Cloud Atlas. But the Wachowskis are not infallible because Jupiter Ascending. Now, Jupiter Ascending was garbage, but also the Matrix. And then they made Speed Racer. And it is fantastic. Do you want to know what one of the other best parts about cloud atlas was there's there's one person who you can name to be absolutely correct here oh um slughorn no it's susan sarandon one of my all-time favorite actors is also was in cloud atlas is also in oh yeah 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 because Susan Sarandon is good in whatever she is in. But okay, here's the pitch for Speed Racer. Was she the one in Rocky Horror or am I thinking? Yes. Of okay, course so she yeah, was. Yeah, 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 yeah. So yeah, Susan Sarandon, like, she's fantastic. She's great. <laughs> she's, fantastic she's always everything. good in everything she is yeah, ever you're, you're, in. Forever. You're not wrong about that. Susan Sarandon is pretty fantastic. Okay, so check it out. Here's the thing about Speed Racer. It is a very 
simple movie. Sure. Like in terms of plot and characters, it's like, there's the good guy underdogs. There's the evil corporation. You know, the evil guy is evil. You know, there's going to be a race. None of that matters. It does it with such style and fun. Like in my head, when I imagine what racing should look like and how it should feel to race a a car it's hot wheels and that's what speed racer does they're like we don't care about how cars work we have cgi let's use it for something fun so they just made it crazy and entertaining to watch i mean like cars are like grabbing onto each other with jump jets and like jumping in the air and slamming into each other and stuff you know but um to me what it does is just like perfectly tell that type of story like i just always like the last race like when there's like the heroic turn in the last race and like speed racers speed races at the end it's just like such a good sequence it's like perfectly edited it looks amazing It's done with style and art rather than just being like, well, we have CG, so whatever. It's like Mm -hmm. you can create anything in computer generation and generally it's always lazy. It's just like we have a big robot and we blew up a building. But it's like, well, who cares? Like be creative with it. Like the editing and the way the story all intercuts on itself is beautiful. And like it has like john goodman's in it being great susan sarandon's in it um... being great and none of the characters feel like they're phoning it in despite the fact that they're in a speed racer movie like okay cuddy you're about to hit like a big negative for me i just checked hulu and netflix and i did not see it i thought it was on netflix oh i might have just skipped here hold on no it's not i watched it on dvd recently okay i mean I could probably get it for super cheap on DVD, so that's not even a big deal. But, okay. The other thing, too. So, for as goofy as a movie as it is, there are actually good, heartfelt, and tender character moments. Like, because it's such, like, an understandable and relatable story, it's also kind of a coming-of-age story. Like, the conversations that Speed and Pops have about growing up and about like how parents relate to their children are actually just excellently acted and poignant scenes. Susan Sarandon is great at playing a mom. And when she like delivers a very emotional monologue about how it feels to watch her son be amazing at something, it's like, Frick, I'm sold on every moment of this because not a single person was phoning in their performance, even though it is speed racer. Like, I don't know how in a movie called speed racer, like the villain is like the most obvious. Have you seen, um, have you seen V for Vendetta? Yeah. You know, the like crazy British anchor. Who's like a fascist, you know? Yes. That's the main villain in the thing. (sighs) And he's eating the scenery just as much. They're like, just do that V for Vendetta character. Like just go crazy. And he does. And it's always like, that guy's always great. Um, but even just like the way scenes are set and shot, like as, as much as it's easy to make these kinds of movies really lazy, they actually put thought into like staging scenery and having 
the shots communicate something to you about like what's in the background and like where characters are standing. It isn't just like boring static shots that are like the most standard ones to use. And I've like always kind of loved this movie in a weird way. Like I saw it when I was growing up and I was like, whatever that was speed racer. And then I went to college and it was in my box of movies that I brought with me. And it just kept being the one that I put on the most. And I didn't know why. And then, um, like recently I've kind of gotten back into the movie again, just cause I wanted something fun to put on, you know? And that's when I found out like, Oh, it's directed by the people that made, Oh yeah. Cloud Atlas and the matrix. That makes sense. And I'm like, Oh, it does have like every good actor in it. And then I started like digging on YouTube and I'm like, freak, this movie's like actually kind of a cult hit. Like after the fact, a bunch of people are like, wait, this movie's great. Why didn't anyone talk about it at the time? But it's just so weird and stylized that no one cared about it when it came out. And then you watch it as an adult and it's like, oh, frick, this is like well acted and emotional and the style's really cool. And it's the sequences uh, are all you're, really you're fun. You're pitching it to me. And I was sitting there like I remember when it came out because it came out 2008, right? And so, like, I was still in high school. I love Speed Racer growing up. I remember seeing all the trailers for it and just being like, really? They they did this to Speed Racer? They made it a Hot Wheels racetrack? But that's and what so, it so is! You're, 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 you're making this hard, hard for me because I, 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 want, I want to be able to separate Speed Racer from Speed Racer. Like, I think, one, if you, like, like looking back at what Speed Racer was, like, it was kind of like... It was a cheesy anime. Like, it was silly and goofy. Yeah, I know, but it wasn't Hot Wheels. Uh, I mean, it was. It's just, it, it was anime, and they didn't, they couldn't afford to draw that. You know what I mean? Yeah, I know, because it was, like, what, 60s anime? Yeah, like, th- that That was as good, that was as close to writing Hot Wheels as they could get. Yeah, um, 67. So I'm, like, fine with it being the, like, Hot Wheels craziness, but... I, I freak the clip isn't on YouTube. I'm upset that it isn't. I was going to send you just like the little monologue where Susan Sarandon's talking to Speed Racer about like being a parent. And I'm like, but this is like what's actually great about the movie. Like aside from it just being like funny and cute and, and nice, it's um the okay. like. <laughs> John Goodman straight up looks like Mario. Huh? <laughs> There's a, I'm sorry, one um, screenshot I saw where John Goodman has like a blue apron on. He looks just straight up like Mario. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because he's wearing that bright red shirt that Pops wears. It's just like, oh my gosh, you just and he's so up like good Mario. as that character. Like he's so fun. Well, yeah. I mean, like acting wise, like I love John Goodman. Like Susan Sarandon, like kills it, and like it's one of those things where she just acts like out acts everybody on screen but then when you have john goodman who's also doing the same thing like they they will probably be doing like the most powerful of what they're doing for a speed racer movie so so i'm interested but we'll see we'll see like watch the first like the first race and if you're not sold on it actually being a good movie then like okay fine but if you watch the first race you're gonna you're gonna be hooked like if you get it's so good because even the first race, like, not only does it look cool, there is, like, that little bit of emotion that they leave there that, like, and I don't want to spoil why the first race is, like, meaningful. Because he gets in a car accident. Come on. No, it's not why. Oh, you'll, you'll, you know. Okay. 
I think too, if you're like a fan and you like know like what Racer X is, like that's well, gonna, yeah, that's gonna yeah. make it more fun for you because okay. there are little hints and nods to the original series, you know. Um, okay, but yeah, you should definitely. I mean, it's it's Racer. a movie. It's two hours of my entire week, so like, there's there's probably a chance that, like I said, multiple things might get done this time. But anywho. My second recommendation is, uh, this is funny that I actually said, I didn't mean to set this up. This was originally my first on the list, but my second recommendation is the graphic novel Seconds. <laughs> Seconds. Hmm. So um, actually, so you've read all, through all of Scott Pilgrim. So this yes. is actually his um, next graphic, Brian Lee O'Malley's graphic novel after Scott Pilgrim. It's Seconds. And it's, I, I think... Like this was so this round of recommendation, I wanted to go on things that I really like. I I just think that you that are quick, they're completed works that you can just kind of get in and get out and enjoy because this end of year we're both gonna be slammed busy. But I think seconds is a really good one to do. So, like I said, seconds is a graphic novel by Brian Leo O'Malley, who wrote Scott wrote and drew Scott Pilgrim. It follows a woman named Katie who is the founding owner of a restaurant named Seconds. She meets a mysterious entity one night who gives her a mushroom that allows her one quote unquote do over. And Katie gets to pick one moment from her life and rewrite this. But then what happens when she decides to keep picking mushrooms in order to continue changing things about her life? So why I am recommending this, I like seconds because like Scott Pilgrim, it follows an imperfect main character who has to navigate these decisions. And unlike most protagonists in other works, like she's not perfect. She doesn't make the right decisions. Like it portrays a very realistic character who, given this type of power, reacts in a very realistic way. And it's it's about crappy mid-20s working at a restaurant being crappy. And, <laughs> so and, and it's I, Scott Pilgrim. Got it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, it's, that's that's like the, the appeal of Scott Pilgrim is Scott Pilgrim's not a good dude. Ra- Ramona is not a good chick. No one in that band is necessarily a good person. They're just a bunch of, like crappy yeah they have flaws they have to get over they they flaw and that's what i like is they all have flaws and like she's not a perfect character like there's like the stuff with her ex-boyfriend like where she portrays him in her mind as perfect he's also not perfect and i think it does a really good job of like the characterizations of what it's like to be mid-20s and navigating a friend group and i i think it's it's only i think like 300 pages of a graphic novel so that goes really quick it's the art I think is really it's Brian Lee O'Malley art. It's it's basically Scott Pilgrim art. I'm even pretty sure like there is a panel if you look in like the back you see Scott Pilgrim and Ramona, which yeah. I think is really cute. But like like it's it's creative, it's colorful. I think it handles the usual butterfly effects storyline, but does so in a creative way. It's not you don't have Ashton Kutcher's like really depressing weird butterfly effect movie you you get like a really cool way of dealing with the storyline i like the characters in it and like the way they portray these crappy mid-20s handling their problems i think is a really cool way of doing things and i i I think brian liam alley is just extremely creative and i think like he 
definitely is one person who needs to like people he a needs more works out there and people need to just read his stuff because he's amazing i mean i i did love scott pilgrim and i never thought to look at anything else that that person had done you know yeah like the movie and because i started with the movie and then read the graphic novel and i will say i started with the graphic novel and then i thought the movie was just fine well it's funny because like i loved the movie and then i was like frick i gotta get it and i like it when that happens because that happened with hellboy too where i loved hellboy and then i read the graphic novels and it's nice because i i still have that initial love for the movie that is not nearly as good you know what i mean um except for the newest hellboy movie that was actually garbage but um yeah i love scott pilgrim the movie and i also really like the graphic novel and i'm glad i did it in the order i did I yeah I did it in the I always do it where I read the source material first and like oh the movie's out and then I watch the movie and it's like okay <laughs> but I, I I think I it has that same kind it has the same kind of feel the same just like powerful just like it's fun to read it's quick read it's fun to read Scott like Katie and Scott they're not good people but no one is no one is the good perfect protagonist. And that's why I like reading it because they're not perfect. And it, it's just, again, I'm in my mid 20. Well, sorry, I'm in late twenties now. Oh God. But like <laughs> having to do the same thing with like navigating and like wishing it's like, Oh, what would happen if I could just go back and change this stupid, embarrassing thing that I did or change this one issue I have, what could I do? And then like, you see kind of how that unravels. And I, I think it's worth the read. It's quick if you really need me to i will send you my copy if that's one of the if that's what you end up choosing but i think it's you can probably find it for like a decent price or just find it online it's really good please check it out i mean that it's, one right now is winning for sure that's like well yeah because sekiro is 50 dollars <laughs> <laughs> well sekiro is 50 dollars, and i don't know if i want to play dark souls right now <laughs> you know what i mean yeah. i don't know if i need to get kicked in the head by a game at the moment I have to be in that mindset where right. I, yes. I want pain, and I'm, I don't know if I'm there. Oh, you could probably even get seconds at the library. I forgot libraries exist. Yeah, I could probably check it out just on my phone. Yeah, you've probably, yeah, just, it's, yeah, you can probably get it for free, like, yeah no getting getting is it one graphic novel like one yeah it's just yeah it's just one graphic novel that's yeah. like the best part about it. it's just one because there like aren't like 15 pages. of them like there are for no, no yeah that's that's <laughs> this time i tried to because we had that talk about saga last time this time i tried to get like completed works that would yeah because easy for you just to go in and out of like, saga's never gonna happen <laughs> i know and that makes me so sad but like i get why because it's incomplete and it also has like what like 49 issues it's not, the 49 issues wouldn't be nearly as bad as me finishing 49 issues than not getting to finish the story yeah yeah and so yeah completed story one and done it's a very good short story so that's my second one seconds was my second choice ah look at you so so clever um, i it was on my the first of my list and i just wanted to get Sekiro out of the way that's why that happened okay Anyways. jordan ready for my third suggestion yes okay so i have a question for you this is just Uh-oh. so i understand you probably how to should have asked this. me this first but anyways no 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 it's Go fine on. do you know who guy Ritchie is yeah the, the 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 film director yes okay cool do you what guy Ritchie movies have you seen i don't know exactly what he's done off the top of my head so let me look well don't look oh, at the new stuff the new yeah i didn't want to uh, we don't have to talk about that he did okay. the new aladdin <laughs> He did okay. He did King Arthur, Legend of the Sword. Everybody hated that movie. I thought it was great. 
That's good. That's good. That's points in my favor. Um, he did Sherlock Holmes. Um, hold on, I'm just gonna go to his. You can keep talking. Okay. I'm just gonna quickly so look at his stuff. You've seen Sherlock Holmes, right? Did you see the Robert Downey yes. Jr. Sherlock Holmes? Have yes. you seen the movie Snatch? No. Have you seen was... Lock, Stock, and Two Smoking Barrels? Almost definitely not. No, no, I have not. Okay. I, I've heard of it. I know what it is, but I have not seen so, Snatch or Lock. So. Guy Ritchie for a while was my favorite director, and and now he's done Aladdin recently. So I don't really know if that's true anymore. <laughs> um, but he he did like British crime dramas in like okay. the early two thousands, and the coolest thing about all of his early movies is Jason Statham was his guy, right? Yes. And yes. Jason Statham never punched a person in any of those movies. He was a wimp in all of them. <laughs> he was, he wasn't a fighter. He was just like a guy. Um, and I loved seeing Jason Statham have to act instead of just being like Mr. Kick, the transporter. He was just like a crooked boxing promoter in one of the movies you know okay, um, so which one are you recommending okay i am recommending the movie revolver oh, revolver not snatch or um lock stock and two <laughs> smoking barrels no people like those movies revolver has a 6.4 out of 10 on imdb and it yeah, is because i looked at both um lock stock and then um snatch i'm like okay i could get down with these and then you're like how about this movie that has nothing to do with these? Like, okay. How about this movie that nobody likes and I think probably lost money? Revolver, the weird art house one that's weird. Okay, so here's what you need to know about Revolver. I don't freaking know what happens in the movie and I don't care. And it's <laughs> Cody, about chess. That's not, you are, this is not boding well for you at all. Like literally, I, the, the arrow just went right back to Crumb and... um speed racer because of what you just said revolver is probably my favorite movie um and anyone listening to this i'm sure is gonna be like revolver's not very good there's a laundry list of reasons why it's not that good of a movie can't i just watch snatch and just call it a day nope nope snatch is actually fun and engaging revolver is interesting because revolver is trying really hard to be smart um <laughs> So I love how you specifically picked the bad one of the But it's my favorite movie. Like okay, for one thing, do you do you want to know who uh one of the like two really great supporting characters is? Don't look at the IMDb page. I want you to I guess. I was already I was already looking at it, but I I only saw one name of the supporting, so I won't guess that one, but okay. well, space is it Ray Liotta? No, it's not Ray Liotta, okay. although he's um, great. It is it is a person we have talked about so many times together. So it is many. like a name that has come up probably every time I have talked to you. What? Oh, uh, once you know. Ooh. I don't. Andre three thousand <laughs> is a chess master and a con man in the movie, and he is great in every moment of it. Him, Andre. Wait. <laughs> also, I love how with your hints of we've talked about him every single time we've got together didn't click because I didn't think I didn't think he was in a movie. Yeah, well, yeah, because well, he was in Be Cool too, and Be Cool is weird as well. 
Um, yeah. And so, so Vincent Pastor and uh, Vincent Pastor is just like the most cliche looking mobster ever. And Andre yeah. 3000 are like prison buddies. One of them is a chess master. The other one is a con man. And they, by passing books about chess through like back and forth through the like prison library, um, like pass notes to each other about chess and conning people and Jason Statham is in prison at the same time and like intercepts all the messages and all three of them end up becoming friends, but they don't know who each other are. They've never seen each other. He doesn't know who these two people are, but they're like his best friends in the world. And, um, when he gets out of prison, those two guys have robbed him blind. <laughs> um, Oh, I just kind of <laughs> spoiled part of the movie for you. That's okay. Doesn't matter. It's fine. It's um, fine. like, and it's just, what I love is that it's like a weird story about conquering your own inner demons and like challenging those things about yourself that you're uncomfortable with, like put in the framework of conning people. Like it's so strange. It's so artsy. It just, every scene feels like it's trying to be a metaphor and I love every second of the movie. It is so good. See, you you make it sound so interesting, and I love how you led off with saying it's awful. Like I but just want to. You said it's awful, but then I looked at the Wikipedia page, and the the um picture on it says "Brilliant Guy Richie back to his best." And you just said it got a six point five. And also, I'm looking at it. It lost a lot of money. Yeah, because no one cared about it. The budget was $27 million. It made 6.7. No one saw it. No one cared. I found it randomly. Um, also, one of the genres on the soundtrack is acid jazz. Sorry. So, anyways, realities of having a kid. Sometimes kids wake up and act weird. Yeah. I just I just want to say that you in the middle of a sentence, you're just like, it is dead of a Cody. <laughs> yeah, sorry. It's like I always have like one eye on a baby monitor. Anyways, That's a- um, so I don't remember where I was to give Jordan an intro here to cut back into. Sorry, I have a kid. Sometimes that kid wakes up and I have to leave in the middle of a sentence. <laughs> I love like the intro is there is no intro. Anywho, Cody. Um, so while I was running around dealing with my kid, I was thinking more about like stuff that made me love this movie, and I think part of it is um. There is a beauty to the end of the movie that I think Speed Racer has. Like, um, I don't know if this is still true about myself, but for a while, I remember thinking that I was always looking for, like, transcendent moments or, like, moments of sublime beauty within art. Um, Yeah, I kind of look for the same thing, but I also have now, right now, been looking for moments of melancholy. Well, I mean, it's it can better. it can be melancholic those moments. They they it isn't to say like necessarily great joy or anguish. Um, it's just like that feeling of like, I guess transcendence maybe is the right word. Like, I think for really all three of these, but definitely for Speed Racer and Revolver, um, I think frequently when discussing art, there is like a habit to talk about technical technically how good is it what problems does it have analysis and that can be really valuable but like for sure for me 
when especially when i was um in high school and those kinds of discussions just felt less rigorous i was always like well that doesn't really matter if you don't feel anything while watching the movie or while listening to the song or while reading the book it can be technically amazing but if it stirs no emotions within you who cares so with speed racer like that feeling of triumph against all odds is very real and like palpable in the moment of the end of the movie. That's why I love that movie is like, it has such a good heroic moment that like hits every emotional beat. The editing all lines up to make you feel this big emotional moment, right? Revolver does the same thing, just about something completely different. Like when the end of the movie hits and you figure out what, like why all this crime drama has been happening it hits that profound emotion for me and that's why those two movies have always been on the top of my favorite movies list just because it has these big emotional moments that really resonated with me especially when i was first getting into movies with revolver the subject matter is just very different it's more about finding and confronting those things within yourself that are weaknesses or are not necessarily weaknesses, but limiting. Um, and I wouldn't say that like revolver is a movie that informed my own personal philosophy, but it's a movie that like made something that I already think snap into a certain kind of relief, um, where it's a character that's having to learn how to confront his own demons and not accept them about himself. Um, so the story kind of is about con men, but really like <laughs> it's like, I don't want to spoil too much of the end, but there's this kind of like philosophical standpoint about like truly overcoming obstacles and what those obstacles are and how they are like, an internal judgment rather than an external one. Like through the whole movie, you know, it's like, it's not really about this mobster trying to outdo another mobster. It's about like a mobster finding his own inner problems and dealing with them. And it's just told in a way that is not, I don't think it's typical. Like, <laughs> I think frequently that kind of like introspection has become a part of pop culture. Like we care more about like taking note of our mental health and handling it. I just think this movie was trying to handle that same subject matter before there was like a decided lexicon about how to talk about mental health and like confronting your own demons. <laughs> and since it decided to put it, in terms of like mobsters in Las Vegas, it's just a lot more hostile. And, um, and I don't know if that's good, but it is <sighs> interesting. <laughs> like, um, it's a lot more challenging. I think it is more oppositional in the way that it talks about confronting yourself. Does that make sense? Yeah. yeah. Um, it, it makes sense. And I don't know. I'm <laughs> And I think that that has rubbed off on me a little bit, like in the way that I behave and in the way that I look at um, 
like either habits or emotions or um I don't want to say like I'm trying to think of the right way to put this. I think at some point it I don't know if it informed the way that I handle parts about myself that I don't like, but it is an example of the way that maybe I handle things about myself that I don't like. Does that make sense? Okay. Yeah. Like I'll I'll check you're, you're really selling it. Like honestly, you started out. This is out like weak, my is really favorite movie. Um, <laughs> I think it's my favorite movie still. Probably I haven't watched it in a while, but it's really good. <laughs> like I don't, I don't know another way to say it. You should watch it. It's fascinating. Okay, honestly, you you've given me like three things that are going to be very easy to consume. The movies are obviously going to be easier than the web comics, but I'm always looking for a good web comic to read, and I. I'm I'm impressed that twice in a row you've given me things that I like. Well, I mean, the first time Hellboy was like the only option. Now I have like three options that all sound good. Yep. I say I will say Speed Racer right now be, is the weakest of the three, but oh. that's not by but that's but that's not by much. That's literally like I mean I'm about to do a visual thing that our audience will be able to see, but it seems like Crumb and Crumbs and Revolver are here, and then Speed Racer is like here. Like I, it's only by like it's only like a ten percent difference. I think that, I don't know, I think that Speed Racer is going to be the most approachable. Because Crumbs is kind of long. Like, it's not super long, but it's not nothing, you know? It's only, like, I think, what, like, 50, 60 chapters? Probably something like that. Which um, is fine. Like, I've I've read a manga in a week that was, like, 100 chapters. Yeah, it's 55 episodes. Yeah, it's, it's, it's like, that's literally, for me, that is not a big deal. Um, so Cody, are you ready for my last one? We actually recently talked about this one. I want to see, can you guess what I'm about to recommend? I don't know. I don't know. Okay. So the reason I took out Porco Rosso, because I didn't want you to take the easy way out, but I am also going to recommend something that's kind of in that same type of wheelhouse. Oh no. Um, this is the Howl's Moving Castle book. Oh, okay. I really thought you were about to say Spirited Away and I was like, no, I just watched that. No, no. We've, yeah, you've already seen Spirited Away. So the Howl's Moving Castle book, um, this is, uh, was, first of all, you said you like, Revolve is like your favorite movie. I will say Howl's Moving Castle book is probably one of my favorite fantasy novels. I, I will, I will go say, ahead and say it's just, it's so good. It's light and fun. And I, I think it's the type of fantasy world I can get behind. So Howl's Moving Castle is written by British author Diana Wynne-Jones, first published back in 1986. And while the book is very reward-winning novel, I'm going to just read the, my notes because I like the way I wrote this. While the book is a award-winning novel, most people know the story of Howl's Moving Castle from the 2004 animated film from Ghibli Studios. And that's why it relates to Porco Rosso. And while I liked the Howl's Moving Castle film, I think both the book and the movie are two di different entities and need to be treated as such. Like I mentioned with Scott Pilgrim, I read the book first because Leah, friend that we did side characters with, Leah um, actually gave me a bunch of books when I, like, back in high school. I was like, hey, here's ones that I think you'll love. And I was traveling doing college visits that time, so I had a lot of time in the car to read. And I finished Howl's Moving Castle literally the day I started it. <laughs> it's it's short. I think it's only like 300, maybe at most 400 pages. It's short. And I think that the book on tape is a little over eight hours, so it is very doable in like a week if you put it on during work. 
it's it, it's very doable. And like I said, this time I tried to focus on things that were quick, other than Sekiro, that were quick and doable. So Howl's Moving Castle, as you know, is about Sophie Hatter, who is cursed by the Witch of the Waste and turned into an old crone. She leaves her home and finds work with the notorious wizard Hal, who is known for eating girls' hearts and all these terrible urban legends. And then in the story, she ends up sorry, yeah, meeting many different characters and exploring this world of magic as she tries to find a way to turn back into a young woman. Notable character of this stories are the fire demon Calcifer and then Michael Fisher, who is Hal's 15-year-old apprentice who becomes close friends with Sophie. In the movie, he's actually like, I think, six or seven. Like, he's a little boy. In the book, he is around Sophie's age. So, like, they, well, her actual age, that old crone age. So, they kind of have a connection because he's, like, slightly younger than her. But also trying to be Hal's apprentice. So, already, you can see, like, the little differences between the movie and the book. But I think the major difference that I want to focus on for this kind of recommendation is that the movie focuses on like an anti-war theme and there's whole thing of like how risking himself to stop this war from happening. That doesn't necessarily happen in the book. The book more focuses on themes of like destiny, themes of um, youth and themes of like romance and love and all of that. And I think it's, closer to kind of your uprooted story than what the movie presented. Um, I think it's extremely funny. I think it's clever and it's mixed with this budding romance throughout. So I honestly think it is a hundred percent right up your alley as far as reading and watching stuff. Um, I guess I think that the movie left out some really awesome concepts that the book has that I think really set this apart from other fantasy novels i i really want you to read some of the stuff that's in the book because like with the magic and like the different things that hal does there are some really cool moments and just it just it, it did a different style of magic and like presented this world of awe and wonder for me that you kind of get from the movie but you get more of in the book like the movie i think about halfway through takes a more serious tone, but I think the book keeps it like this lighthearted throughout. And like you get more of Sophie's character development as this old crone, and like kind of like this. It's, it's, I guess, kind of a coming of age to her because she's kind of like filling out and like realizing who she is as a person, as opposed to how, because like she has all these other sisters that are more prominent in the book. And it's like, well, she's like the youngest, and like kind of pushed to the side because of the older sister but you really she gets to kind of realize who she is throughout and i think that is a huge part of it and another part of why i loved it so I think, is like there said, like a war in the novel at all or is that entirely I don't remember i don't think so i think there's i don't think there is this war going on in the novel i think because well miyazaki ha has a very anti-war very environmentalist take that he does in all of his movies yeah and like like you'll see it in nausicaa you'll see it in princess mononoke like the environmentalist like the anti-war like and also he does that thing of like presenting like both sides of the argument but also heavily leaning on one and so you see it in like the house moving castle book of how 
he changed it to be fit the story of like the things that he wanted to talk about but that's not necessarily what the book was about interesting i'm 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 like i'm really interested in the audiobook one because i always i love audiobooks two yeah it's super old and therefore free oh is it free yeah public domain man wait how's many castles public domain because mm-hmm. if it's public domain i will just watch it no not the movie <laughs> <laughs> no, book. sorry. Listen, I meant to say listen. Yeah, I yeah. It's listen. just on YouTube and not being taken down, which generally means it's probably super old and no one's collecting uh money off of it anymore. Let's see. Yeah, when was no. it published? Yeah. No, 1986. I don't think that is in public domain. Never mind. It's probably illegally on YouTube. <laughs> either way, but like either way, I I honestly it's it's a short the audiobook at least the one on audible was eight hours in 34 minutes i think so it's doable in a week i think it's it's really good i think you will really like it it's definitely in my mind of what you've recommended me as far as it comes to like romance and stuff like that i think it fits directly into cody wheelhouse yeah i mean it sounds like it and especially because right now i'm also listening to moby dick and lord knows i could use a break from that for a minute and, and like I guess by like closing for Howl's Moving Castle, like I think that the writing is story wise, it's right up your alley. I think that if you're listening looking for something like a nice, fun fantasy exploration, I think that is great for November. Like, you know, we're getting to the depression months. I think it's just a good one to kind of dive into. It is very different from the movie. And I think it should be explored, but like it is the movie source material. And I think the quality of the movie and the quality of that story speak heavily to the quality of the book, because I don't I'm not going to say that the movie is better. Or the book is better. I think they're both two amazing entities, and I think they should be treated as both two really good examples of fantasy. I mean, and I'm so, I'm pretty sold on that one for sure. Yes. Now you see why I left out Porcarosa, because, like, I want you to get to this book. Like, Porcarosa is great, and, like, you were already going to watch it. But I really <laughs> want I really want you to get to Howl's Moving. And, like, Seconds is great, too. And so if you don't have time for Howl's Moving, that's a good second um, bet. But I think Howl's Moving is definitely, like, I had last time where it's, like, there was the one that I'm super passionate about. Howl's Moving Castle is, like, the most passionate. Seconds and Sekiro are about the same. And I think I, I, I think this is another good recommendation. I really, I think you should check them out. I have so much editing to do this week. <laughs> I now officially have, I think, close to four hours of editing. <laughs> <laughs> that was alongside characters then. Yeah. Well, we just did an hour of Horizon, uh, hour 20 of Horizon, and an hour and 20 of this. Oh, shoot. And the side right. characters was an hour and 30. So, yeah, it's... Whoops. that's probably gonna make up that four hours <laughs> sorry but, um, yeah, no. no it's fine um so you got any closing statements or okay really quick of the three what is the one you definitely like you would be sad that if i didn't do it um i think that you should watch revolver um but also i just think that you should you should do all three of these ones that i've recommended um, I, yeah, I honestly, I think it will be a very easy, like, I think the only one so of the ones this. that you've suggested that I'm probably not going to touch is, is Sekiro, just because I fine. probably don't have time. 
Yeah. I, um, and I mean, I, I knew that going into it, but again, I just wanted to state the case and this will be like the last time I keep, cause like I keep bringing it up. This is going to be like the last time that like, this is the last go for it. Just so you have my recommendation in your mind. And whenever you get to it there, that is, and we'll talk about it. But yeah. the other two were like the more important ones. And also I'm trying to spread out the things that I love. So I'm not doing all the things I love in one episode. <laughs> and then you have to pick one and then I get disappointed because you didn't do like the other one. So I'm trying to spread them out. Yeah. I mean, but, definitely yeah. in this one, like putting revolver and uh speed racer in at the same time is like pretty, high stakes See, for me movies for me is a little bit harder because i don't know which movies that i have seen that you haven't seen are movies that you'll actually watch because i mean i've watched a lot of trash that you haven't seen but i don't know which like gold star movies that i've seen that you haven't seen <laughs> that are know, like I mean, worth recommending i do like trash movies though so yeah yeah but like that <laughs> that's not something i could like truly pitch like this trash movie is a must watch <laughs> but anyways the one that i'm like most like if you did it like do i would be kind of bummed is Hal's moving but like i mean yeah. i feel like that's like leading for you right now hopefully um so. that well no honestly that and seconds are about tied um oh okay but i mean whichever one you do like i won't i because both of them are very good. Yeah. Well, at least we'll see how you like seconds. I don't know, Cody. You, you surprised me. I was. That's why I'm like scared to all for movies because uh, I've mentioned Ready or Not recently. And you're like, nah, and I'm like, oh, I thought. I didn't it was think amazing. it was like terrible. It was just fine. Yeah, it was fine, and I thought it was like top tier. And it's like, well, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> Anyhow, we're gonna close it out cody what are your plugs check me out at the wandering gamer network on podcasts and youtube and twitch all right you can check me out at the side characters podcast at um podbead spotify and itunes you can also check me out at something i guess zero zero at twitch.tv which um by the time this comes out, I will be doing a new anime stream with my good friend, Will, where we will be sitting down and just, like, gushing about anime every episode. And just come, hang out on a stream, recommend animes to us, talk about animes you've loved. But yeah, it's going to be a fun, like, anime talk show that me and Will will be doing. Don't have a name for it, but I'm definitely pushing the name We Belong because i think we belong is a great name for a weeb podcast idiot well sorry stream it's not good. a podcast because i cannot add any more editing to my life <laughs> <laughs> that, that's like the only reason i'm like the only reason this isn't a podcast because i have way too much editing to do every week anyway that's all i got cut anything else I yawned i yawned i'm sorry okay we'll catch y'all on the flip side and hopefully soon with the um, World Shop audio drama. Bye. Bye.